God appoints priests and His people to teach His laws to the people so that people don't transgress against God. So when you come to church, you want to hear all these fun messages, but we don't want to hear messages about the law and being right standing with God. and talking to the Lord, and um, the Lord dropped a word into my heart that I'll just give to you. So, um, He gave me Second Chronicles 6.15. It says, You have kept your promises to your servant David, my father. You made that promise with your own mouth. And with your own hands, you have fulfilled it today. Look at the person next to you say, get ready. If you've received a promise from God from His mouth, He's going to fulfill it with His hands. So check this out. The Lord said, it is my turn to act, says the Lord. You have obeyed and done as I've asked you to do. You've obedient, been obedient to the leading of my spirit. So now you will enter into a year of suddenlies. And suddenly you will see things that I have promised with my mouth, birth and break forth in your life. I will surely keep my word, says the Lord. 2022 will be a year of the fulfilling of vows. Solid as a rock telling you right now. So here's my encouragement to you. My encouragement to you is that you need to put yourself in remembrance of what God has said to you. What has the Lord said to you? What prophetic words have confirmed what the Lord said to you? When did the Lord speak to you? When did the Lord say it to you? When did it come alive in your heart? What dream did you have? What vision? What small, still voice? When He spoke to you, where you knew that you knew that you knew this was God talking to me. What has He said? Because put yourself in remembrance and just believe the Lord that this year will be the year that His word to you will be fulfilled. If He promised it from His mouth, He will fulfill it with His hand. And you say, amen. amen. And I got some stuff coming. Going to be celebrating a whole lot this year. Listen, I don't ever have an issue praising, ever. Ever. There's never a moment where I can't praise. Because I got way too much to be thankful for. God has done way too much in my life for me to even be. I'm so far out there. There's the point of no return. That happened many years ago. I can't go back to shore. There's just, we're out there now. You know, we're, I don't even know where I'm, we're out there. We're just walking out with Jesus. You know, I was thinking, yeah, we'll say that. Do you know that in the Bible, think about the life of Moses, right? He thought he was a sheep herder. But he was actually a deliverer of nations. He wrote the first five books of the Hebrew Bible. He was an author. He had miracle signs and wonders in his hand. He met with God face to face. 
he thought he was a sheep herder until he met God in a burning bush. Look at the person next to you and tell him, you might think you're just what you are right now, but when you meet God face to face, he'll show you who you are and what is God for you, and it's far greater than anything that you've imagined. Can you say amen? Noah, he ended up building a boat. He was a boat builder. Think about that. Over 100 years building a boat to save the world. Listen, your whole life changes when you encounter God. Your whole life changes. You'll never be the same again if you really encounter Him. If you've got a fake encounter, that's religion. It's not going to do anything for you. It's just a... Too much gluten, as we've said before. Amen? So, if you hang around this place long enough, you're going to have real encounters with God, and your life will never be the same. So, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about purpose, finding purpose. And I began to talk about how the Lord helped me when I encountered Him, and He began to teach me who I was. I wasn't a pastor. This wasn't on my agenda. This wasn't on my radar. I was a club owner, I was a dancer, I was everything but a pastor. (sighs) And then I had an encounter with the Lord, and everything changed for me. It's pretty crazy, actually, when you think about it. You know, you think you're one way, and then you encounter God, and God shows you things about your life and who He created you to be, how much He loves you, He fixes you, He takes out the stony, stubborn heart. He takes out all the bitterness, all the anger, all the junk from the life that you lived without Him. Everything that you're struggling with, He turns it all around. And then He sets you on a solid course for your life. And as you just flow and go with Him and obey Him and follow Him, He leads you. It's like Misty talks about, it's a river. And a river doesn't stop flowing. If it hits a rock, it goes over it, it goes around it, it goes under it, or long enough, it'll go right through it. But there is no obstacle in your way with God. Everything that you face, there's always wisdom and a solution to overcome it. Can you say amen? And so I was talking about that, and that week I was thinking, you know, we can talk about purpose all day long, but what is the foundation to all of it? And the Lord really dropped into my heart that we need to talk about the kingdom, the kingdom of the Lord. And so two, three weeks ago, I started talking about the kingdom of God. And this is the foundation that you have to have. Look at the person next to you and say, we're not part of a religion. A religion is a system of laws to control you from the outside. It's you trying to obey these laws so that your life will get better, but it's an external thing. And Jesus didn't come to give you a religion. He didn't come to start a religious group. He came to establish the kingdom of God in the earth. And there's a difference between being part of a religion and being a citizen of a kingdom. And that's why people hate church and they hate Jesus Because they don't like the religion part of it, these rules and regulations that they struggle to obey that they cannot do in their own strength. But when 
you come into the kingdom of God, there's only one way into this kingdom. Look at the person next to you and say, you have to be born into it. And it's a spiritual birth that happens on the inside of you. And you are what we call born again. And when you get born into the kingdom of God, you are a child of God, and you're actually born into a royal line. Nudge the person next to you and say, royal lineage. So I don't know where you come from, what side of the tracks you grew up on, what the color of your skin is, the the language that you speak. When you die... Everybody die? Yes. When you die to your old sinful nature and you're reborn into the kingdom, brand new in Christ Jesus, you're born into God's family. That means that you're a king's kid. That means that you, you are a king again on this earth. And that's who we were in the beginning. When God put the first man on the planet, He was a ruler. He was made in the image of God. And God wanted to uh, expand His kingdom. God has this invisible kingdom called heaven. It is an actual place. It's in the spirit realm. It's in the unseen realm. But that's where God's throne is. That's where God's city is. That's where God lives. And he decided as a king, he wanted to expand his territory. So he created a physical realm. And what he did was he created an earth suit and he breathed spirit, made children, offspring in his likeness, in his image as rulers to rule this realm for him. You were created to have dominion. You're supposed to dominate this environment. You're never supposed to be under the circumstances. But There's a problem. We lost our way. We we forgot who we were because we got blinded. 2 Corinthians 4.4, Satan, the God of this world, has blinded the minds of them who cannot see the glorious light of the gospel. You don't know who you are. You don't know where you come from. You don't know who your heavenly Father is. All you know is what you've experienced through your five senses and what your surroundings have taught you. But when you encounter the King... Jesus is the door. He is the gate. He is the way to the Father. And you come to the Father and encounter His love, your whole life has changed. You become a citizen of heaven. Say, I don't have a religion. I'm a citizen of a kingdom. And God put me here to take territory. The last time I checked... God gave Adam the earth. So the earth belongs to us. Do you know, there's a couple of things that you need to know about kings. Number one, a king isn't voted in or elected. A king is born into the family. Did you get born into the family of God? Look at the person next to you say, you're a king. Now you say, well, I'm a woman. I want to be a queen. Well, let's put it this way. There is no gender in spirit. Look at the person next to you say, there is no gender as a spirit. You were born a spirit, and you are a ruler. End of story. 
except God wanted to multiply his family. He needed a production system, a factory, to make more earth suits. So he made one female and the other male so that we could have more earth suits for him to put more spirits in, to deliver more gifts and his glory and his image into the earth. So you're made in the image and the likeness and the glory of God. You are an original. When you, when you begin to study the worth of something or the, or the value of something, you know, you got to determine how many copies are there. There are no other copies. It's you. That alone makes you priceless. Yeah. And so you are a king. You are a ruler. You're one of a kind. You have got something in you that needs to be opened up and shown to the world. There's glory on the inside of you, another aspect of God's goodness in you that He wants to open up and have it shared with the world. So what's in you? What has God got on the inside of you that you're holding back and closed in? It's time to live in what God has for us. Can you say amen? So I'm a king. Well, kings have got to have territory. They've got to have a kingdom. So that means you need to own land. Very exciting bunch of people here today. So before you were born, God already had land in mind for you. Territory, because you're a king. So the question is, who's holding your land? And how long are you going to wait to go get it? And the banks are not going to own it. Say, I own it. It'll be debt free. Next year, we're stepping into a year where we're going to see supernatural debt cancellation. We're going to see God do something miraculous. But it's not going to fall out of the sky. Look at the person next to you. Say, it's going to come through my hands. Anytime you ask God for wealth or for increase, He'll give you an idea. Because He's given you the power to produce wealth. Do you know the biggest problem that we face in our lives? Is that we're taught to retire at 65. How do you retire from yourself? How do you retire from who you are and the gifting that God has put on the inside of you? You can retire from a job, but you can't retire from who you're designed to be. And then most people say, well, I'm 65, I'm retired, and they give up. Crazy. So I was talking to the Lord, and... You know, just it's so great when ideas just drop into you and you see stuff that you've never seen before. And the Lord was showing me just a couple of two weeks ago, Mike and I have been talking about cryptocurrency. We've been talking about all these crazy things happening in an invisible world, the matrix. And thinking back, all of a sudden I started seeing that if you can create a trade route, if you can create a, a channel for something to flow through, you can produce wealth. 
So you think about the space, the space, the spice routes that they had in India to Africa. There's, there's, there's a pathway that opens for trade to happen, and you can generate funding from that. But you have to protect that path, because if you don't protect the path, the robbers will come, and they will steal. And so you'd have pirates come and steal from the ships and, and that kind of stuff. Think about U.S. Highway 1. It is, it is a road that goes from where? Key West, if I'm not mistaken, all the way up to like Maine. Where are all the businesses on U.S. Highway 1? Why? Because it is a road where everybody travels. And so I'm thinking about all these different ways, these roads, these things that have been created. The Internet was created. It became a system for people to travel, for people to open stores and businesses and, and put their, their, their faces on it, to socialize and connect and communicate. And what they have, they have ways to generate money through you advertising, through people advertising to you, because they created a system for, to connect people, a, a route for them to channel information. Well, think about cryptocurrency now. Do you know that in order for you to trade cryptocurrency, there has to be a blockchain or a network for those transactions to take place? And so you can buy a machine and be part of that network, and you can actually mine cryptocurrency. Mind-blowing. And then I think about Elon Musk. He's creating a brand new route to Mars. Look at the person next to you and say, what on earth is he talking about? I'm just trying to help you see something that maybe you've never seen before. That if you can find a, find a trade route or even create one, you can become very wealthy. Think about Visa. Think about MasterCard. They've just got a system to transfer money from one account to another, and they charge you 2.5% plus a 30-cent fee or whatever it is on every transaction. So I'll just throw that out there. It's got nothing to do with my message, but it's just something to help you. You say, well, pastor, you just confused me. Well, you're welcome. Just trying to help you. You're going to find wealth. You're going to discover it, and it's not going to fall out of heaven. You've got to create a channel for money to come to you. So if I was going to get you money, how would that money get to you? How? An angel's going to, oh, and he's going to unload, a, a, you know, like a whole thing of money in your living room? It ain't going to happen. God gave you the power to produce wealth. But if you're stuck in a job that you hate, and all you're living in is a career, and you're stuck inside this box, maybe you should break out of it. Maybe next year would be a good year to do it. Can you say amen? Look at somebody and tell them, I own it. I'm a king. I'm going to have land. The bank is not going to have a mortgage or a lien on it. It's going to be my property. Can you say amen? It's going to be debt-free. But we've got to break out of, we got to break out of complacency 
And we've got to begin to trust the Lord to give us an idea to produce wealth, and you have the power to do it. He will give you witty ideas and inventions. But if you don't believe, if you don't believe it, and you don't step out, and you don't trust the Lord, then what's going to happen? Nothing. And then you're going to watch me get wealthy, and then you're going to be jealous. And I'm telling you how we're going to do it. Say something brand new is going to birth. All right, so let me pray for you, Father, now, in the name of Jesus. Lord, you have got increase for every single person in this place. And so, Father, I ask that it would be unlocked on the inside of them. Show them the place they need to be and the things they need to do to lay hold of the wealth that you have for them in this next season so that they can be debt-free, so they can own territory, God, so they can expand and increase in every area of their lives in the mighty name of Jesus. You say amen. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but we'll just carry on. I'm here. So, Misty and I, when we, when we got into the childcare business, we didn't just do off-to-school care. We could have stayed stuck there, just off-to-school care. No, we kept adding and increasing things. We opened a second location, right? Then we opened a preschool. Then we opened a second preschool. Did it take work? Yes, seven days a week. Did it cost us something? Absolutely. We had to give up tons of stuff to create something that never existed in our lives before. Not only did we do that, we, we, we got hooked up to, to, to the Children's Services Council here in the city, and we got Project Rock and Out of School Suspension Program to help kids that are struggling at school. And, you know, you start seeing issues happening in their lives. They start getting suspended while well, we're connecting with those kids, and we're redirecting them so that they don't drop out, so they don't make dumb mistakes, that they actually have a voice in their life talking to them, leading them, and guiding them, helping them get on the right track. Amen. Well, we didn't end there. We took our kids out of public school. The reason we took our kids out of public school is because we couldn't work the hours we were working, plus have them in school, and we're working nights and weekends. We would never see them. So we had to make a change because I didn't want to lose my kids. Anybody out there? So the first step that we did was we took our kids out of public school, and we started homeschooling them. Was that a sacrifice? Absolutely. But then five years, four years later, we launched a private Christian school from that. Now we have 120 kids in a private Christian school. And so what I want you to understand is don't just get stuck in one thing. Diversify. Keep growing. Keep expanding. We've already got ideas now. What are we going to do to support the, the family? Families need haircuts. Families need clothing. Families need food. Families need a gym. Families need a coffee shop. Are you hearing me? We're already serving 400 families, 500 families every single day. Well, we've created a trade route. We've got people coming to us, 
and we can start adding new products to be helpful and a blessing to families. But if we just stop and stay where we are, other people are copying us. I don't know if you know this, but people are watching you and they're copying you. And before you know it, they're doing what you're doing. And so now if you're not moving forward, you're actually moving backwards. So you have to keep expanding, and you have to keep increasing, and you have to stay on the cutting edge. You have to stay a leader. Can you say amen? And so you're a teacher in a school. Well, why don't you create a curriculum? Why don't you write books for those kids? Don't just see yourself as a teacher. What you're doing that you're really good at, you know what those kids need, create a product that'll serve that age group. Don't just think inside the box, create something. Why not you be the curriculum writer? Break out. Just trying to help you. Because you can produce wealth. You just got to be creative about it. Can you say amen? So that was free. Add 20 minutes back to my time. So kings have a kingdom. It is the domain of the king. It is the territory. It's the land that the king owns personally. Amen? And so um, God also has kingdom citizens. Philippians 3.20 says, But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for Him to return as our Savior. I already told you how you become a citizen. You're born into the kingdom. God also has, a king also has an army. He has an army to protect His kingdom, His territory, and His citizens. God is known as the Lord of heaven's armies or the Lord of hosts. He has myriads, uncountable number of angelic hosts, and there is a whole section in there that are warrior angels. I just got done reading a book by Prophet Bobby Connor, and it was a book on angels, both faithful and fallen. And I've been listening to some of his stuff, and he speaks about different encounters that he's had with different angelic beings. And he says, the, 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 the guarding warrior angels are pretty serious, pretty fierce. He says, you tremble in your boots when you encounter these guys. They are fierce. He was talking about these, these angels that actually guard the throne to God's palace. And he says, these things are like 40 feet high. And he said, he came up to this door and he watched these angels. They were quite far apart. And in his mind, he said to himself, they're too far apart. But in the spirit realm, God, everything is transmitted by thought. And so immediately these angels opened their wings and they were touching one another. And he said in their wings were sabers, light sabers. And he said it sounded like a million samurai swords opening up. So I want you to know there's... Heaven's armies that are backing the kingdom citizens, that you are not alone. Can you say amen? Say, God is with me. God is fighting for me. Ha, I got heaven behind me. As a citizen, you know, your country is going to back you up. Some of you don't believe me right now. 
But God's going to back you up. He's going to get every obstacle out of the way. He's going to break you through. So Jesus, he came to the earth as a king. His plan was to reestablish the kingdom of heaven on earth. Jesus' primary message, he went about preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. Look at the person next to you say, the good news of the kingdom of God. And Jesus taught his disciples many things, including how to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom, your will be, where? So we got to understand that this is not about us going to heaven. This is about heaven coming to earth. <sighs> Let's go here while we're at it. Do you know that when, when we get caught up, we're going to get taken out in the rapture, by the way. I don't know if you guys know this. But Jesus, there's coming the end of the church age where the church is leaving the planet. The bride of Christ, without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. The true church, Jesus' governing body in the earth, He's coming for us. We're leaving. Then we're going to have tribulation on this earth. The 70th week that Daniel prophesied, it's going to be all hell on earth. The mark of the beast and all that wonderful stuff. But then Jesus is returning. And guess what? We're coming back with Him. And this is going to be a millennial reign. Look at the person next to you say, we're going to rule for a thousand years with Christ. So I know many people are thinking, we're going to heaven. We're just going to spend eternity in heaven. No, God's plan still remains the same. He's bringing heaven to earth, and He's going to have a group of spirits, His offspring made in His image and likeness that are going to do the work that He's created us to do, and we're going to turn earth into heaven. Can you say amen? That's colonization. That's what kingdoms do. Do you know that the, Rome, that the Roman Empire, I'm just having fun talking. So the Roman Empire was a very unique empire because they were the first kingdom on the earth that when they conquered a territory, they didn't take the citizens captive, take them back home and make them slaves. What they did was they left the, the local ruling authorities in place and then sent a governor from Rome to turn that region into Rome. And that's, what, that's the timing that God sent Jesus to the earth when people understood this concept of, of, of a government that God had in mind. And so God sends Jesus at this time as a king and Jesus comes he dies for us. He sheds His blood. He pays the price so that we could have relationship with God, so that we could once again become the temple of God and the Holy Ghost could come and live on the inside of us. Look at the person next to you. Say, the governor of the kingdom comes and lives on the inside of me. And what he does is he writes his laws on the tablet of your heart. You see, the Holy Ghost is the spirit of love. Everybody say love. And love fulfills the commandments. If you walk in love, you're not going to lie, steal, cheat, covet, murder. 
Can you say amen? And so when you live in a kingdom and God's Spirit comes and lives on the inside of you, you are transformed and you're changed. Now you, you realize that you've got a Father in heaven. You don't realize it until the Holy Ghost gets in you. You realize, I have a Father in heaven. You start realizing where you come from. A brand new language unlocks on the inside of you. Some of you are looking at those that pray in tongues sideways. Like, what are they talking about? Well, it is a kingdom language. Just like children, when they're born into this natural world, they start with ma, ma, da, da. And then it's into a full language. You're like, when did you learn to talk? Well, I want you to know the same thing is true in the kingdom. There's a spiritual sound that unlocks on the inside of you that becomes a language where you talk directly to God. The language that you speak is done with most holy faith. When you pray in this language, you build yourself up and you strengthen yourself up personally in the Lord. When you pray in this language, the devil doesn't know what you're talking about, so he can't mess it up. When you pray in this language, you don't know what you're praying about, so you can't mess it up. But what you're doing is you're speaking God's perfect will out of your mouth by the Holy Ghost. And death and life are in the power of the tongue. So you are starting to pray things into existence that you don't even know about. And then suddenly you walk into something and you say, how did that happen? I don't know if you know who you are. You're going to find out, that's for sure. So when you're reading your Bible, I want you to understand that it's not a religious book. It's a kingdom book. And one of the other things that my message today that I finally feel like I'm going to get to one hour later. Are you still with me? I'll be brief. I'll try. Kings have a constitution. They have governing laws which come from the personal will of the king. And when a king makes a decree, it becomes a law. And when God speaks a promise to you, he stands behind that promise. And he watches over his word to perform it. And so what I want you to know and understand, family, is that when Jesus came to the earth, he came preaching the kingdom of God, but he also came talking about the laws of God. You can't have a kingdom without laws. And just because we live under grace, it doesn't mean that we can just sin and say, oh, well, Jesus will forgive me. No, he died for you. Your sin is forgiven so that you can have relationship with God. He sets you free from the law of sin and death, and you come under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and now you are free to make a choice. You see, when you were under sin, you were bound by sin. You didn't want to do it, but because you were bound, you were forced to do it by the hand of the enemy. It was a power that you couldn't break free from. But when you get saved and you get the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, God actually gives you grace or power. He breaks you out of the kingdom of darkness. He brings you into the kingdom of light. And now you have power to say no. But if you grew up in Egypt, a place where you were a slave to sin, just because you got set free doesn't mean that you're instantly changed. You have to renew your thinking and you have to break a habit. Look at somebody and say, you're going to break some habits next year. So there's a, difference, there's a difference between being out of slavery 
and being free from slavery in your mind. So we've got to clean your mind out. We've got to renew your thoughts. We've got to change the way that you think. And that means that you have to come to understand the laws of God, the ways of God. Can you say amen? And any time in the Bible where God put man in the earth, you see, what does he give Adam? A law. Do not eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When he, when he talks to Abraham, he says, you're getting out of this country. You're not going to worship idols anymore. You're going to follow me. You're going to obey me, and I'm going to take you to a land. I'm going to make you very great. He gives him laws. He gives, makes a covenant with him. The same thing with Moses. When they deliver everybody out of Egypt, they bring millions of Israelites out into the desert. What does God do from the mountain? Gives them the law. Look at the person next to you. Say, there has to be law. In the kingdom. And when you obey the law, you are a righteous citizen. And the Bible says in the book of Matthew 6.33, our primary responsibility is to seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously. That means we're supposed to, we're supposed to understand the laws of the kingdom and live in right standing with those laws. If you want to be free in the United States of America and enjoy your home, your children, your business, go on vacations, what is the primary thing that you have to do? You have to obey the laws of the land. If you disobey the laws of the land, your freedoms will be taken away and you will be incarcerated. It's the same thing with the kingdom of God. We can't think that we can just live the way that we want and God is just going to bless us. And we can't use the grace card and say, oh, well, I live under grace. No, there is a responsibility that we have to have where the Bible says, if you seek first the kingdom, if you'll come to understand my laws and live in right standing with my laws, I'll add everything you need to you. You'll never have to worry about clothing. You'll never have to worry about food. You'll never have to worry about a roof over your head. Why? Because I am God and I understand you need these things and I am your king. And if you live in my kingdom, I'll provide that stuff for you. No worries. What am I doing? I need to give you a solid foundation for the kingdom. We need to change your mindset because a lot of people think this is a religion. And it's not a religion. You're not part of a religion, you're part of a kingdom, and you're a citizen, and you have rights, and you have responsibilities, but we can't think that we can just break God's laws. And we're taught that the law is done away with. But Jesus, let me read this to you. This this will fix you up quickly. Go to Matthew chapter 5. And when you start reading the Bible from from a kingdom perspective, you'll start seeing all this stuff. It's a whole new world. So in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, Jesus speaking, letters in red. Don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to fulfill their purpose. And I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Lord Jesus, have mercy upon my soul. Look at the person next to you. Say, if you teach people to break God's laws, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. 
Anybody want to be the least? Anybody want to be the tail? I don't want to be the tail. No, thank you. I want to be the head. He says, but anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Guess what? I'm great in the kingdom of heaven. I don't know if you guys know this, but I just found myself in Scripture. And it says here, when you obey God's laws and teach God's laws, then you're great in the kingdom. I just found out, according to the Bible, I'm great in the kingdom. I found myself up here in the Bible. You can find yourself in that Scripture too if you really want to. But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law. Pause. Teachers of religious law. The scribes in the Bible were either of the Pharisees or the Sadducees. The Pharisees were very strict. Not only did they keep the laws of Moses, but they had all these other things that they did around it. It was like um, a fence or a hedge. And they said, if we will keep our traditions, then we'll never transgress the law. It was like a protective barrier to them. Well, the Sadducees were a whole other group. They only stuck to the Torah, to the laws of Moses. And so there was a little, little division between these two different groups. But the biggest problem Jesus had was with the Pharisees because he broke all their traditions. And they hated him. But what I want you to understand is that the scribes from the Sadducees and the Pharisees were teachers of religious law. God appoints priests and his people to teach his laws to the people so that people don't transgress against God. So when you come to church, you want to hear all these fun messages, but we don't want to hear messages about the law and being right standing with God. And so people are living the way they want to live and throwing in the grace card. But I'm here to tell you, we're living in a day and time where the Christ is returning really soon. And I'm going to encourage you, you better get yourself together and you better get ready for an exodus. And the last thing you want to do is get left behind. So I'm trying to help you. I'm your best friend. You think that your fitness instructor is helping you? Yeah, they're helping you temporarily with physical things, but your body's going to change anyway. You're going to be transformed in a twinkling of an eye, and you're going to get a glorified body. So, hey, don't put too much emphasis on your physical body and your appearance. People are so caught up in how they look. You're going to get old, and you're going to die. No matter how much plastic you inject into yourself. Can you say amen? They, they, people are having problems at the funeral homes because the plastic is messing up the cremation machines. Just a joke. Take time and energy to prepare yourself for eternity. Can you say amen? Seek first the kingdom of God. We're going to stand before the Lord. We're going to give an account for our lives. And I'm trying to be your best friend right now. I'm trying to help you get eternal rewards. I'm trying to help you make it into the kingdom of God and not just be somebody that's the tail in the kingdom, that you'll be the head in the kingdom because when Jesus comes and does the millennial reign, he's going to find his faithful servants and he's going to give them charge over cities. 
why not become the governor of Florida? 1 John 3, 4 says this, Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. And so, what is the law that we have to, what is the law that we have to fulfill? Romans 13.10 says, love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is fulfilling the law. So, when we walk in love, we fulfill the law. And that's why we got the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? That's why the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. The kingdom comes in us, and we don't try to love people in our own strength, but we get the grace of God through the agape love of God to love people with a supernatural love. Can you say amen? And so I want to encourage you today. 2022 is going to be a year of the fulfilling of vows. God is going to have suddenly moments in your life. But you got to walk away from some old practices that are lawless. Can you say amen? We're going to put some things to rest. You're going to see some breakthroughs from old patterns. And you're going to step into a brand new season of just moving forward with God in your relationship with God, in your relationship with your family. You're going to see supernatural increase hit your life. Why? Because you're going to live right. Can you say amen? Listen. Alcohol is expensive. Going out with your friends for a party night, expensive. And people say, I don't have money. Yeah, because when you buy a $15 drink and you have four of them and you buy your friends each one, that's your weekly paycheck (laughs) gone. Plus, you wake up the next day with liver problems. So now you've got to go get medication from Walgreens. All right? Now you're sick. You don't show up to church on Sunday morning. Why? Because you're not, you've got to need a day of rest. I need a Sabbath day of rest, Lord. And then you wake up on Monday morning broke, depressed, regretting your weekend. I drank too much. I spent all my money. But guess what? Friday's coming. Let's do it again. Come on. Round and round we go. And so you're going to save a whole lot of money when you live right. Can you say amen? It pays to live right. Then you can take that money and buy some land. Can you say amen? I want you to stand with me this morning. John chapter 15, 10 says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. And so, God wants you to live in His love. It's not a place we visit on Sundays. I'm just going to love Jesus on Sundays and then live like a devil Monday through Saturday. If we've got to get rid of the show, we've got got to get rid of religion. We've got to get rid of these. Religion is terrible. It actually denies the power of God from working in your life. 
It's really bad. It keeps you out of the kingdom because you're trying to impress people because you don't know who you are. It's bad. It's worse than Michael Jackson bad. Amen. Say, I'm coming out of the world system. I'm coming out of religion. I'm coming out of living to please myself. And I'm going to live to please God. I'm coming to a place where while I will obey the laws of God, I will live a righteous life as a citizen of the kingdom of God. And everything that I need will be added unto me. I'm just so glad to be a part of your family. No matter what you're going through, I got you and you got me too. One time for the family, got your heart with the family. Cause you know that I got you and I know that you got me. One time for the family, got your heart with the family.